Hello, welcome to the Thane and Friends podcast. This is episode 14. I am your host, Thane Taylor. As a guest today, we've got the carnivorous entomologist. You can find him on Twitter at CarnivoreAntMan. He's one of the most interesting people that I've come across. He eats raw meat, sword swings, and he's an ant-crazy entomologist. His name is Andrew. Andrew, thanks for coming on today. I'm glad to have it on. Yeah, so like I said, you're you're one of the most interesting people that I've come across um, on Twitter. You've got a pinned tweet of yourself eating raw uh, ribeye off the bone, and it kind of, you know, I, that's just one of the things that we could dig into, but today we're going to talk about ants and bugs, pretty much all about bugs. Um, could you kind of start with your your little origin story, what got you into entomology, and is it something you've always been interested in? Or is something in the family? What's uh, what's the story behind that? So it's a bit of a legend. So this might be embellishment. It was told me by my parents. Yes, I've always been interested in bugs. When I was a kid, my dad was in the military. I kind of traveled around the world. And when I was in England and hadn't said my first word yet, I was pointing at ants on the sidewalk. My parents kept saying the word ants, and eventually I repeated the word. And unwittingly, they set everything into motion that day. That was it. Yeah, that was oh, it. Yeah. That's, that's Some kids cool. say mom, some say dada, I said ants. <laughs> and then it's <laughs> it's all, that's the story from there. I like that. Um, so you mentioned uh, in one of the messages that you sent over that one of the things you do is help people raise ants. Um, what type of insects do you raise on your own and, and what do you help people raise? As pets. Okay, so ants in particular, I have a YouTube channel. It's called the Antarium. I just do DIY kind of stuff, teach them how to keep them. In Texas, I'm just one of the recognized members of the community for ant keepers. So people come to me for advice. I travel to them. We, we also buy and sell ants in exchange. It's a small little cliche, uh, group of people. So when it comes to having ants, we have tarantulas, the black widows. Sometimes I come across mantises. Every now and then you just find something, oh, that's kind of cool. I'll keep that as a pet and see if you can raise it or, you know, show someone else what they can do with it as well. Wow. Okay, so you keep black widows as, as pets as well? Yeah, so black widows, the cool thing is they're not all uniformly the same, even the same species. Uh, down here it's Lagodetus macans, which is a southern black widow. But there's not just a jet black sprout with an hourglass. Sometimes they have stripes. Sometimes they're Hourglass is deformed looking. Sometimes it's completely different. I actually had one look like the fast forward button instead of an hourglass. Oh, wow. So you never know what variations you'll see. So you can breed them and just see what shows up just for just interesting. And I know it gets a bad rap because of the venom, but it's a beautiful spider if you just you know, leave it be and respect <laughs> what it can do. It doesn't have to be a danger to you. So does the shape uh, of the hourglass affect um, anything in the anything else like the the type of venom it produces or anything like that? No, it's just purely an appearance, an aesthetic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, are there any types of ants you avoid keeping, like bullet ants, things of that nature? I see. It's the other way around. See, I don't like the small ants that are <laughs> easy to escape and reproduce too quickly. I like the giant, stinging, dangerous things instead. I actually studied bullet ants in Costa Rica, and I was at Texas A&M, getting my degree in entomology. 
And those are some of the coolest chants in the world. Just because they're massive. They, they're, if you're ever watching walk around the forest floor in the rainforest, the other ants and things avoid them. It's like the lion walking huh. across the ground. But um, they get a bad rap because of the sting. But truth is, they're docile. If you get stung by bullet ants, it's usually your fault. Have you, you gotten stung you by a bullet ant? Nope, I was too fast. <laughs> <laughs> so you keep those in your house right now? I can't because the USDA would have my butt. You can't just import exotic to the United States without permits. Okay. And you can't really justify certain things. The closest thing to a bullet ant I have is called Neopenera velosa. That's a species. They call it the hairy panther ant. But in Texas, because, you know, we're prideful and all that, they call it the Texas bullet ant because we have to have our own bullet ant. I like that. They are shiny. Instead of being black, they're shiny with a gold color. But, of course, their stings are pretty mean, too. It's nowhere near as painful, but they're it's a massive, like, dinosaur of an ant. That sounds beautiful. And you only find them... Yeah, you only find them here in the southern tip of Texas. Otherwise, you have to go to Central and South America where they're native. Wow. Wow, that sounds like an incredible species, actually. Uh, you, you described yeah. it as golden. Uh, yeah, so what you put in the sunlight, it shimmers with gold. That's awesome. Um, so something that people always say uh, about house bugs is those bugs are good to have in your house. Is that a psyop of like, <laughs> is, that, is that like a real thing? Or what types of bugs that... Do you actually want to get rid of, and what types yeah. do you? Is it okay so, to just have around? I do pest control, so this is directly tied into this. Yes, there are beneficials, and there are things you don't want to have around. And the funny thing with pest control is everyone has a threshold for what they consider a pest, which is unfortunate because some things are totally benign, and people just are bothered by them. Like in your house, little spiders and cobwebs—they're not going to hurt anything. But people freak out because they don't like the fact that the spider's in their house. Mm-hmm. Or say, um, any kind of predatorial insect in the home, aside from spiders, like maybe a mantis gets in, or some kind of beetle that eats other insects, they're not doing you any harm. They're, in fact, helping with that. If, say, you live in Central South America or Africa, they have driver ants and army ants. They're nomadic. They're always on the move. They eat everything in sight. So, if the army ant trail comes to your house, you just leave the house for a few days, and you come back, and there are literally no pests whatsoever. Oh, dang. Because either the ants ate them, or they ran for their lives, and they hopefully <laughs> escaped. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good to know. Oh, very quick, one question. Uh, yes or no? House centipedes, yes or no? You want them in your house? House centipedes, they're a predator. Um, centipedes, and so of course, is venomous. The house centipede's not going to put you in a hospital. I mean, sure, people look at them, they got these crazy long legs, and they're like, oh, God, what is that? Yeah. It's not going to hurt you. I can say it's like really trying to kill them. Just scoop it up and take that side. It's not going to do anything to you. Okay. All right. So there's one thing that I want to – it's very hypothetical, and insects are mm-hmm. interesting enough, but um, – so we don't even have to get into hypothetical, but I wanted to – this has been on my mind. If bugs were horse-sized, which would be the biggest threat to human existence? What species? Ants. Ants. In case you haven't guessed it already. And the reason why is I would describe an ant the most sophisticated and advanced of all insects the world has to offer. They're social. They get organized labor. They reproduce at really high rates. Defensively, they can bite, sting. They can spray with formic acid. And make it the size of a horse. <laughs> That's going to be a problem. Like, imagine an exoskeleton as tough as it is now. 
That's the same thing on a crab or a lobster. If it was the size of a horse, mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if, like, you know, conventional, say, projectile weapons didn't exactly do the work anymore, and he had to up the ante. He had to use missiles, rockets, explosives, uh-huh. giant flamethrowers. And the fact that the ants in the natural world have occupied over almost every niche except for Antarctica, if they dispersed by flight, they're just kind of host. <laughs> like, your safest bet would be on an island with a crazy anti-air defense system so, and then hope that they cannot tunnel under the ocean and get to the island. Are certain, ants, like they, certain ants can yeah. fly, though, is that correct? Yeah, so most, not all, but there's always an exception. When there are new queens and males, they disperse by flight. So they have what's called a nuptial flight. The males die in the air soon after mating with the queens. The queens come back to the ground, they take their wings off, they don't need them anymore, mm-hmm. and they find a place to make a new nest. So imagine something horse-sized releasing thousands of those every you know, spring when it's raining or it's nice and warm outside. And they're just droning across the sky. Okay. <laughs> that would <laughs> be crazy. Terrifying. Of course, I'd be the guy going like, oh, this is the coolest thing. You'd ever. be the one. You'd, you'd put a saddle on one of those things and then just fly around yes. with it. A <laughs> yeah, real-life Ant-Man in that case. <laughs> Real quick. Is there a potential for you to manipulate those to use in modern warfare? You've got about 32 seconds. Unfortunately, it's not as simple. It's more science fiction. The closest we've got to that is roaches. They snip off the ends of the antenna. They play electrodes in a backpack. And by going left or right, they guide what direction it turns. But it's still walking on it. The idea was you'd use it to find people trapped in a collapsed building. That's very interesting. I mean, you might be able to use it to freak people out in a war zone, but wow, <laughs> that's a thank that you so much for being on the show. Appreciate that.